Hello and welcome. My name is Delta, my pronouns are Viva, Vis, and you are listening to Outcast. Today I want to talk about the shifting of discourse and bigotry. I was kind of inspired to do this because of what I saw during Arrow Week, but this is not exclusively about spec identities, but also other identities where I've seen this happen time and time again. I guess I should talk about the ASPEC stuff first because that's a community I've been a part of for a very long time. Because when I first started identifying as asexual and not aromantic, I have seen and unfortunately kind of participated in kind of throwing aromantic people under the bus. You know, obviously in hindsight, there's a lot wrong with that. Because there used to be, and there still sometimes kind of is, a narrative among asexual people where they pretty much circle jerk each other by saying like, oh, at least we can still feel love or like romantic love or, oh, at least we can still have relationships and whatnot. And obviously this kind of hurts ever races. So, you know, like I used to do this Not like as hostile, I don't think, but I, I definitely used to overemphasize the fact that I can still feel love and that I'm still in a relationship. This has been a thing that's done to harm aromantic folks, especially aromantic people, for a long time. And I'm seeing this narrative kind of shift to harm aplatonic people, specifically aromantic aplatonic people, as well as loveless aromantics. Because what I have seen during this era week is just that recycled aromusic rhetoric applied to apple people. Apple being short for aplatonic. The way the asexual community focuses on their romantic relationships, a lot of aromantic people focus on their friendships, so on their platonic relationships with other people, and kind of define themselves by their friendships and like overemphasize their friendships. Friendships are important, you know, like I'm not saying they're not important, and like romantic relationships can also be very important to people, but a lot of stuff is just like phrased as the end or be all. And this is just alienating towards aplatonic people who may struggle with friendships or just not desire friendships or not experience platonic attraction or just feel disconnected from the concept of platonic love, which is me. It's exactly the same discourse, rhetoric, whatever you want to call it, that was used against aromantic people. And it's, it's just shifting and a lot of people don't realize how bad it is, you know, like especially aromantic, aloplatonic people who were on the receiving end of this discourse when it was used against aromantic people. But now a lot of them actually do participate in the same thing when it comes to aloplatonic people. And there's also a similar thing that used to happen and still happens a little bit that aloasis insist that they have better relationships than. Allo rose people, allo rose meaning both alloromantic and allosexual, just based on this weird thing like, oh, an asexual person won't have any ulterior sexual motives when pursuing a romantic relationship and whatnot. And, you know, that's just all kinds of problematic because implying that asexuals have better romantic relationships, that's just based on the fact that people are not used to communicating their needs. Like, if LRL's people would actually communicate their needs and not lie, that wouldn't happen. Like, it's not an allosexual versus asexual problem. It's a problem of 
lack of communication as well as misogyny and other issues within our society but it's not that asexuals are inherently better at relationships and you know this whole narrative of oh asexuals are better at romantic relationships again alienates aromantic asexuals who are a lot less likely to even be in a romantic relationship and this is another thing where the discourse has kind of shifted because now we have this entire thing where a lot of arrows say like oh we have better friendships than other romantic people because we don't have the ulterior motive of wanting to date someone and again just fucking communicate like it's not a problem of aloromantic versus aromantic it's a problem of again lack of communication misogyny just like people just not being honest but you know it's easier to make it about someone's aromantic or aloromantic identity and then kind of throwing people under the bus again because you know oh aromantic people have better friendships except for those aromantic people who are aplatonic but we are just erased again and People do not realize that this is just harmful. Like, this just erasing us and using the same rhetoric to make us invisible that used to be used against aromantic people and now it's used against aplatonic people. And this also proves how, I guess, at this point, aromanticism is more socially acceptable than aplatonicism. Because, you know, it first started with, like, some asexual acceptance, and I'm not saying we're there yet, because I still get all kinds of shit for being ace. Aromantic acceptance is, like, kind of somewhere behind that, and aplatonic acceptance is almost non-existent, because most people don't even know what it is. Like, the concept of people not having friends is so alien to the majority of people. Like, most people can get behind the idea of someone you know, just being single and not not being in a relationship or in a romantic relationship or whatever the fuck. But the idea of someone not having friends, like, they either think you do have friends and you're just lying about it, it would be, like, all, like, special, like, self-deprecating or whatever, or they think you're an absolute psycho. And that's, again, where the discourse has shifted because first, when asexuality gained more visibility, a lot of people were saying, like, oh, asexuals are lacking things that make them human or whatever. And then when aromantic people got more visibility, we were also told, like, oh, you're just psychos. And that's ableist anyway, but, like, we're not horrible people for not experiencing romantic attraction. And we were also, again, told we are missing something that would make us human. And now the same thing is happening with aplatonic people, where we are just seen as, like, devoid of any emotion, which is not true at all. And yeah, this is just how I keep seeing this rhetoric and the discourse shift. Aloasis will fight without aromantic people of any kind. And aromantic people, you know, like both Aroellos and Aroasis, fight without aplatonic people of any kind. It really sucks. And there's so many more things where this whole discourse shifting is a thing see even this the word transsexual like when transsexual was like still like in mainstream usage that pretty much referred to binary trans people who wanted some kind of surgeries it was not really inclusive of gender queer people so the term transgender was created and that term was pretty much exclusively almost exclusively used to describe genderqueer people and now that transsexual has largely fallen out of use i know there's still people who use it transgender has kind of taken its place 
Like, the word transgender has become so binary. It has become so binary. That's so binary that I don't even feel at home in, with this term anymore or in communities that are called trans because I don't feel accepted there as a genderqueer person, as an androgyne person, as a xenogender person. We can see how the discourse shifted. Like, genderqueer people were pushed out of transsexual communities and then the language changed and all the binary trans people were like oh transgender is a good word and now they have turned it into a binary and we just keep push being pushed out of words and i'm starting to see it with the term non-binary as well where some people are saying all trans people who are like exclusively men or women are non-binary as well because i don't know i don't understand the logic because they think that all binary trans people actually fight against gender binary or something, which is not true. I've seen so many binary trans people who are absolutely shitty to gender queer people and non-binary people. I can see the term non-binary moving in that sort of binary direction already. Like, it is already pretty binary when the entire community is divided into trans feminine people and trans masculine people, which is why I do not feel comfortable with the term non-binary either, because I can see where it's going. It's just history repeating itself. It's just discourse shifting and the same shit happening over and over and over. I keep seeing a lot of people who are not binary, but do not use the term non-binary, and I use genderqueer. I'm just tired of the discourse shifting, and then we also have, like, with lesbian discourse, you know, where a lot of people are kind of in their own weird way trying to reverse what TERFs have done or Red Femmes have done because Red Femmes have excluded bi women, gender people, trans men, trans women, butchers, uh, any gender non-conforming lesbian out of lesbian spaces. So even the exclusionary people are slowly trying to be more inclusive again, but they are not doing well to it because at first it was like, oh yeah, but like genderqueer people can't be lesbians because a lesbian is a woman loving other women. And, you know, then they started including on genderqueer lesbians again. And then it was all like, oh yeah, but a genderqueer lesbian needs to be like woman aligned or at least feminine and, and has to be AFAB. And, you know, then they would use the same rhetoric that they've previously used against all genderqueer lesbians. Who they would use it against AMAP genderqueer lesbians. And then once they were included, it was all like, oh yeah, but like you cannot be a lesbian and use they, them, or he, him pronouns because pronouns equal gender. And then they just used the same rhetoric that they used to all the other lesbians before against them. And then they were at some point included. And I don't know, then it was against lesbians with a masculine gender. It's against trans and genderqueer lesbian men. It's against xenogender lesbians. It's against bi lesbians and other MSpec lesbians. It's just over and over the same fucking rhetoric. And just get over it. Like, can we just get to the last stage where everyone who, in good faith, identifies as a lesbian can be included? And all this non-men loving non-men bollocks. Can we just stop that already? We all know where this is going. At some point, you're going to have to back down anyway and realize that you're just using recycled turf rhetoric. No matter how trans and genderqueer friendly you're trying to be because you're not. Can we just get to the last stage of all of these already? 
slowly but surely, all the world and all the queer communities are becoming more accepting of identities that used to be not so acceptable a few years ago, like aromantic and asexual and, I don't know, he, him, lesbians and whatnot. And can we just get to the last fucking stage already? Can we just skip this fucking shifting discourse? Can we just shift it right to the fucking end? Because I am tired But I feel like people are scared of shifting it to the end because they then have to admit that they haven't cared about certain people to begin with. And that's it for my rant this week. And that's it for this episode. If you enjoyed this episode or even the entire podcast, why don't you share it with a friend or on social media? Also, please give me a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. That would really help me out. You can also support me on Patreon at patreon.com slash out underscore cast pod you can find me on twitter and instagram at out underscore cast pod you can also send me a voice message if you want to be featured on this podcast the link for that will be in the description of this episode thank you so much for listening take care